Welcome to Beautiful Soul Sunday, and thank you for tuning in. Listen, we want you to be encouraged, uplifted, and strengthened in your faith as you listen to the show today. And we pray that this podcast will be a blessing to your soul. Now, here's your host, Dr. Lynn Gope. Grace and peace, beauties, rise and shine. It is a beautiful soul Sunday because this is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. This is your host, Dr. Lynn Goble, back with another dose of the most insight, inspiration, encouragement, energy, and love. You already know that's what I'm about to give you a dose of. I am back this week coming into your home, your phone, your car, or your computer just to release some positive vibes to you wherever you are listening from. Once again, thank you to all of my listeners in the U.S., Japan, South Korea, Singapore, Ireland, and Germany. I am sending you all big hearts and lots of love all across the world. Keep it locked and keep listening and subscribing to Beautiful Soul Sunday because I am here to give you some positive vibes, some news that you can use, and that is the good news, which is the gospel of Jesus Christ. So I pray that all of you beauties have had an amazing, blessed, and a prosperous week. I know that I did, even though the enemy tried to steal my joy last week, guys. I'm going to just let you know because I talked about offenses. If you had an opportunity to listen to last week's show, that episode was titled No Offense. And I just want you to know that the enemy really did try me last week with people offending me. And I don't know if any of you experienced that. I know that I did. I had a client and a customer to be completely rude to me last week. One was through an email, which I like, you know, whenever I receive emails like that, I like to refer to it as a nasty gram. And it wasn't really that nasty, but it was a little bit rude. And I just read it and the person actually ended up writing me back saying, you know, I'm sorry. She apologized. She said, I didn't mean to come off rude. She said to me in her email that she understood certain things were beyond my control. And of course, I responded and I just basically told her not to worry about it. Well, later on in the week, I had a customer to call me who literally left me a voicemail, cussing me out on this voicemail. And I just sat at my desk and I listened to it. And I thought, okay, I'm not going to let this get me bent out of shape. I'm not going to let this steal my joy. Like for real, I was completely unfazed. And I thank God for that because, listen, let me tell you guys, Old Lynn back in the day would be ready to pop off at the mouth, snap back, clap back. I would probably even cuss you back, but I feel like God has really done a work in me and God has brought me a long way. So I want to just share that with you as an encouragement. Don't get frustrated with yourself. Give it some time. God is always working things out in us. 
we are maturing, we are growing in God, and we will not allow the enemy to steal our joy. So now to the enemy, take that we are being perfected in Christ. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So listen, family, this week, what I want to talk about is the season that we are in right now and the seasons changing and even people changing. Some people that you see in ministry right now that you may not see eventually in the future because God is doing some things in his men and women of God and he is perfecting things in us. He is calling believers to the forefront and he's doing a new thing. So we may even see the faces of ministry change that we are used to seeing. So I want to talk about that. And there's a scripture out of the book of Ecclesiastes 3, verse 1, and it says to everything, there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. Verse 11 says, he hath made everything beautiful, which means fair and favorable in this passage of scripture. It says he hath made everything beautiful in his time. There's also a scripture out of Genesis chapter 8, verse 22. I'm going to read that verse of scripture to you as well. It says to everything, there is a season. As long as the earth remains, there will be seed time and harvest. There will be seasons that is not going to change. So pay close attention to what the Lord is saying to the body of Christ in this passage of scripture. I want you to understand that the scripture I just read out of Genesis chapter 8, verse 22, that word harvest in that passage of scripture, it means to sever. And God said to me that he is about to sever some things and some people during this end time harvest. Understand that there is about to be a separation between the wheat and the tear. God wanted me to share with you that the ones that you see reaping today and the faces that you see, as I said before, which reap a harvest right now will not be the same faces that you will see reap the benefits of God's true anointing and even his prosperity during this end time harvest. Because in this next season of harvest, the reapers you see today will not be the same reapers you will see tomorrow because God is about to change some faces in ministry that we are used to seeing. The people you see reaping now will not be the same people you will see reaping in this end time harvest. God said this to me. And he said the same way that you see the seasons change in the natural will be the same way 
you are about to see the faces of some people in ministry change. Seasons change, people change, and as quickly as you see the seasons change, God is about to change and bring forth some new front runners in ministry who have blended into the background of congregations and ministries for years now. They have just been feasting off of the word of God, taking everything in. And those are the ones without titles, without recognition, without followers, and without influence who have been praying and seeking not only the face of God, but the voice of God. And the fact that they have been seeking God's voice without having the notoriety from people, but what they do have is notoriety from God. And those are the ones God is about to call to the forefront because they have learned the heartbeat of God and they have spent time with him in a private. And those are the ones who are about to take center stage in public because they are the ones who are not willing, listen to what I'm saying, they are not willing to compromise the laws, principles, or their own Christian morals and conduct in order to be popular or liked for the sake of speaking truth and naming the name of Christ. So what I am about to share with you is a chapter out of the book that I wrote eight years ago, Speak to the Nations. It was released in 2012. It is a prophetic book. And what I'm going to read to you right now is actually from that book. And this is what I wrote. Familiar faces you see in ministry and even on television today will not be the same faces you will see and hear about tomorrow doing this end time harvest because the faces in ministry are about to change. God said to me that even the names you are used to hearing will no longer be heard. There will be new names you will hear, which you are not used to hearing, names you have never heard before, who are men and women of faith. They are nameless, so to speak, unknown to you now, but they will not be nameless for long. But before this occurs, and I'm still reading the chapter from my book, before this occurs, understand that there will be a separation between the wheat and the tare. Hear me when I say this, because right now in this end time harvest, the wheat and the tare They are growing up together, but God said to me that the tares are about to be uprooted. This is important and will even be startling to some, but God said this to me, watch and see who I'm about to uproot. He said, I am about to do a shift change for the levels in ministry, which you see people operating on right now. God said, I am about to kick it into another gear and another level for those I am about to bring to the forefront. 
Now, I mentioned earlier that God said to me there is about to be a separation between the wheat and the tare, and that's actually a scripture out of the book of St. Matthew, chapter 13, verses 25 through 30. And I'm going to read this passage of scripture to you out of the King James Version. It says, but while men slept... And I'm just going to pause right here because remember, I did an episode not too long ago entitled Stay Woke. Well, the scripture says, while men slept, the enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. So what happened here, understand, is that the enemy deposited seed. That's all he did. Okay, but now the scripture goes on to say, that when the blade was sprung up and brought forth fruit, then appeared tares also. So the servants of the householder came and said unto him, Sir, didst not thou sow good seed in the field? From whence then hath it tares? Or in other words, where did these tares come from? And he said unto them, An enemy hath done this. So again, let me pause right here because the enemy was able to come in, infiltrate the land. Hear what I'm saying to you while men slept and everyone is running around. You know, I've heard people talk about the things that's going on and, you know, they are saying that we've been awake and they've been woke. But my question to you is this, if you have been woke then how could the enemy still come in, infiltrate the land? I'm speaking of what the enemy is doing right now in our great nation in the United States of America. And you have absolutely no idea how the enemy has been able to desensitize and even deceive Christians with the tactics going on right now, specifically through the Black Lives Matter movement. And just because you are aware, it does not mean that you are woke. Otherwise, the enemy would not be able to do this. I'm not going to get into all of that in this episode, maybe at another time. You can Google what I'm saying. You can read about it. It is completely unorthodox and certainly unbiblical what the organization believes in and what they stand for. Now, I digress back to the content of today's show. So out of verse 28 in St. Matthew chapter 13, it says the servants said unto him, we're still talking about they're trying to figure out how the enemy was able to come in and sow seeds among the wheat. The scripture goes on to say, wilt thou then that we go and gather them up? them being the wheat and the tares. But he said, nay or no, lest while ye gather up the tares, ye root up also the wheat with them. I'm going to pause again. The reason why he said, no, do not uproot the tares right now, lest you also root up the wheat with them is because there is wheat among the tares and you may grab the wheat which are the righteous or Christians, the believer, the saint, the child of God, thinking that it's a tear or thinking that it's the enemy. 
So verse 30 says, let them both grow up together until if I was in a church service preaching right now, I would say, turn to your neighbor and say until, but until the harvest and in the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, gather ye together first the tares, get the enemy out of here first. And those who stand for what the enemy stands for, get rid of them too, bind them up in bundles to burn them, but gather the wheat into my barn. The word barn in that passage of scripture, it means repository or a stored place because all believers during this end time harvest, you are not going to have to worry as long as you don't compromise and as long as you stand for what God stands for. And coincidentally, in this passage of scripture, which I just read, this was Jesus talking again. That was out of St. Matthew chapter 13, and I read verses 25 through 30. Now, going back to what I wrote in my book, I go on to say there is a whole different group of people, laborers and harvesters, who are about to reap a harvest during this time, and they are about to walk in their season. A whole different group of laborers, which is why Jesus also said in St. Luke chapter 10, verse 2, Therefore said he unto them, The harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest, that he would send forth laborers into the harvest. I want you to listen carefully to what I'm saying. And I know for me, it took me a long time for some reason. I'm not really sure why, but it took me a long time to really realize and understand what was taking place in biblical times whenever you read about the threshing floor in the Bible. The threshing floor is the place that you went in order to separate the seeds from the wheat and the seeds from the tare. I have another question. Where is the threshing floor today? Where can we go to make sure the enemy doesn't have a chance to sow seeds among the wheat? I want you to really grasp this and understand that the threshing floor is where the seeds were separated from the vine. And this is what God said to me. Not only am I about to uproot the tare and separate the wheat from the tare, but I am also about to separate the seeds, watch this, which have already been separated from me or separated from the vine. In St. John chapter 15, verses one through six, Jesus said, I am the true vine and my father is the husband man. St. John chapter 15, verse two, it reads, every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away and every branch that beareth fruit, he purges it or cleanses it, prunes it that it may bring forth more fruit. Verse three says, now ye are clean through the word, which I have spoken unto you. Verse four says, abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself or by itself, 
except it abide in the vine. No more can you except you abide in me. Verse five says, I am the vine. Ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, ye can do nothing. Verse six says, if a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch that is withered and men gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burned. This is called a parable. Jesus is speaking, which is a simple teaching Jesus would use to tell a story or illustrate a moral or spiritual lesson. And Jesus would do this. He would tell these parables throughout the Gospels in the Bible, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. This is also the same message or the same lesson and teaching that he gave when he taught on the wheat and the tare. It's the same parable. But this is what the Holy Spirit said to me. He said, I have to separate the seeds from my wheat and the seeds from tares sown by the enemy in order to keep these seeds from, watch this, intermingling because I cannot afford to have the seeds from tares in this end time harvest intertwining and uniting with the seeds of my true harvesters. God said, once I uproot these tares, I will not have another generation of harvesters who are tares reaping the benefits of wheat. Not only will he destroy every tear the enemy has planted, but every seed that comes from a tear will also be destroyed. So that is the good news. So again, the whole reason the wheat and the tear was allowed to grow up together is because of this. If you went into the field to pull up the tear as it was growing with the wheat, you could risk uprooting the wheat with the tear. If you were to pull up the wheat before it was time, you would risk pulling it up before it had an opportunity to mature and grow, which means that you could also risk destroying the wheat's root. And it is important that the root is preserved because in Romans chapter 11, verse 16, it says this, for if the first fruit be holy, the lump is also holy. And here it is. And if the root be holy, so are the branches. I want to read to you Romans chapter 11 in the English standard version of the Bible, just to bring a little more continuity to what I'm teaching today. I'm going to start with verse one out of Romans chapter 11, which is addressing the remnant of Israel, God's people, remnant meaning a small quantity of something that remains. This is Paul's writing and He's actually writing about King David in verse 11. King David says, I ask then, did God reject his people? By no means. I am an Israelite myself, a descendant of Abraham from the tribe of Benjamin. God did not reject his people whom he foreknew. Don't you know what the scripture says in the passage about Elijah, how he appealed to God against Israel? 
Verse three says, Lord, they have killed your prophets, torn down your altars. I am the only one left and they are trying to kill me. The Apostle Paul is quoting King David in this passage of scripture. Verse four says, and what was God's answer to him? I have reserved for myself 7,000 who have not bowed their knee to Baal. Verse five says, so too, at the present time, there is a remnant chosen by grace. And if by grace, then it cannot be based on works. If it were, grace would no longer be grace. And thank God, scripture tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9, Jesus said, my grace is sufficient for thee. Paul quotes Jesus, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. So God's grace is sufficient, meaning that his grace is absolutely enough for us. So going back to Romans chapter 11, where God is talking about the remnant of Israel, verse eight says, as it is written, God gave them a spirit of stupor, eyes that could not see and ears that could not hear to this very day. And, you know, I want to share this with you. My pastor just talked about this very thing last Sunday. He spoke from the book of Hebrews, chapter five, verse 11. That passage of scripture talks about being dull of hearing. And if you read down to verse 14, it says that strong meat belongs to those who are full of age. That would be wheat instead of a tear. And the verse goes on to say that even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. So on Sunday, my pastor talked about newborn babes desiring the sincere milk of the word. And he talked about spiritual maturity and how we should behave as mature Christians. He brought attention to the fact of someone not being hard of hearing, but dull of hearing, according to scripture, and how someone can be intellectually and spiritually dull of hearing. I want to go over this real quick because it ties right in with what I'm talking about with the wheat and the tear. What I like is how my pastor was able to break down the progression of being dull of hearing or what I consider hearing loss, so to speak, because he brought out the fact that the Apostle Paul started out in chapter two in the book of Hebrews talking about people drifting away from the word of God. Then in chapters three, verse 12, it talks about how a doubting heart led to the departure of God's word. And also in chapter four, it talks about how people will begin to flat out just doubt the word of God. So by the time we get to chapter five, people are now dull of hearing. And I loved this teaching and how our pastor broke this down for us with the progression of how we can become dull of hearing. So to sum it all up, as we drift away from the word of God, we will then doubt the word of God. And once we begin to doubt the word of God, we will then become dull in hearing the word of God. Ultimately, being dull of hearing will affect your faith. 
because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Man, that is just so good. And my husband was actually talking about this last week as well. He hadn't even had a chance to listen to the sermon from our pastor last Sunday. And without him even knowing what our pastor preached and what he talked about, my husband was sharing with me the scripture out of Second Timothy chapter 4, where it talks about people not enduring sound doctrine or sound solid teaching, having itching ears, which means that you will gravitate to what you want to hear instead of what you need to hear. The scripture says out of Second Timothy chapter 4, verses 2 through 4, verse 2 says, preach the word, be instant in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine. Verse 3 says, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust, they shall heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. Verse 4 says, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables, which is basically people who like to tell tales, make stuff up, tell you stories which are fiction. It's not even true. And it's basically for your entertainment. Listen, beauties, my time is already up. And it looks like I'm going to have to wrap this up next week and conclude Seasons Change, People Change, because I really didn't even get down to the nitty gritty and the meat of what I wanted to talk about, which is how to tell the difference between a wheat and a tear. Listen, family, if you enjoyed the short snippet of the song I played earlier in the show, the title of the song is called Joy written, recorded, and performed by my nephew, Mike Teasy. He is an amazing young gospel artist. You can find his music on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, and Pandora. You can also follow him on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, or at his website, MikeTeasyMusic.com. That's M I K. E-T-E-E-Z-Y-M-U-S-I-C dot com. So family, make sure you tune in next week. Recognize the season that we are in. Until then, beauties, remember, don't allow the enemy to steal your joy. Always do your very best to walk in love. Live your best life for Christ. Let your soul shine, feast on the word of God, be intentional to be a blessing to someone else, stay positive, stay healthy, body, soul, and spirit, be kind, keep a beautiful mind, and never forget who God called you to be, purposed you to be, and created you to be, and that is a beautiful, dope soul. God bless you. We hope you enjoyed the show today. Don't forget to subscribe to Beautiful Soul Sunday on Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Spotify, or any other podcast platform. Also, follow Beautiful Soul Sunday on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, or visit our website at beautifulsoulsunday.com. 
Until next time, blessings, grace, and peace be multiplied.